1: Tom Bernard Show with... Hackmaster, Rafter Basham, MD. Andy Brandt-Bernard.
2: Cassie Schrader.
1: We'll be right back, kickoff Hour 3, Tom Bernard Show. Michael Bryant, Brad, Sean Bryant, what's the latest? Well, basically, we're trying to represent people who have been hurt then talk to them before they talk
0: to an adjuster. Uh, one of the key points is to make sure you know what your rights are before you start talking to the insurance company and they start asking you questions or they try to settle your case early and cheap.
1: Well, what's interesting to me is, you know, a lot of people have fear of attorneys. Oh, really? A little heat wave? It's
3: hot out there.
1: It sure is. Like you said, with the heat uh, the heat bubble, it was 106 degrees in Minneapolis, downtown Minneapolis, yesterday. Yeah. I wonder if I have
4: mild heat stroke. I, heat I have stroke. had a horrible <laughs> headache for the past 24
2: hours.
1: That's because Cassie works here now. Oh, I know. Is what it is? Uh-huh. Such no. a pain.
2: No, it's a different pain. Such a, it's a different, different, different pain. anatomic pain. Drink some water, Andy. Drink the water. I drink plenty
1: of water. Drink the water. Drink more. Not the Kool-Aid. This is really sad news because he's been on this show several times. Deadliest Catch star Blake Painter has died, according to TMZ. He was only 38 years old. Not the guy that we had on, like, just
4: recently. Uh, He was on not that long ago. We had Captain something on. Oh, uh, Coburn Keith. Yeah,
1: Yeah. so it's a different guy. That's a different guy. I was going to say. Blake Painter's been on here (laughs) on the show several times.
4: Painter found dead in his... Oh, so he didn't even die doing the deadliest catch. Nope. Law odd.
1: enforcement told a celebrity news site the captain's body was discovered Friday in his Oregon home after a friend oh. reportedly became concerned after not hearing from him for a few days. Police determined Painter had been dead for several days. Oh. Oregon police did not immediately respond to Fox News' request for comment. Discovery Channel had no comment. Police discovered substances inside the home which will be tested for possible narcotics. He
4: was arrested a few months ago for smoking heroin while driving. Okay, so, well, yeah. how
1: did he die? Yeah. What a he shock got, that was. He got him some bad, bad heroin. Mm. Again, here, let me go up to a guy on the street and go, do you have any heroin? Because I'd love to buy it.
4: Yeah, like, what? at the very least, like, learn how to tell if something has fentanyl in it. Because I'm like, I'm sure that you can melt it down... And tell, you know, if there's fentanyl in there because
2: yeah, there are different I, substances. I know, but I don't know that it's that easy. I don't think it's that easy to try to refine or because once it's mixed up it's all goes together. Yeah. I don't, I don't know. know if there's it's any there's no like tissue disturbing. you can just dump in there or tissue paper or uh, the pH, like pH paper, where you can tell the pH. I don't know if there's something that says, hey, oh, there's fentanyl. It checks, checks for narcotics, maybe, Yeah. but not for a specific narcotic. Yeah. While
1: prescription pills were also found, it's unclear if they were a factor in Painter's death. TMZ added no foul play is suspected. An autopsy and toxicology tests would be performed to determine the official cause. Painter was the captain of the FV Maverick on the hit documentary series. The expert crab fisherman appeared in Deadliest Catch from 2006 till 2007, for two se- two in- seasons two and three. Oh, so it's been quite a while since he's been on. Uh, when he reportedly quit Deadliest Catch explores the real-life high adventures of Alaskan crab fishermen, it has been on the air. Oh, so it wasn't this show he was on. He was on the KQ Morning Show. Yeah, I think so. Yeah, I because, don't recognize his name. Yeah, because he we had him on several times, but that was on the KQ Morning Show. I, it's all a blur to me. All, they all just kind of blend in together after it a while. It runs together. All oh, the shows just run
4: there together. There are... New fentanyl test strips, it looks like. Yeah? So, yeah. If you're going to do it, then buy get, those.
2: Get, yeah, get those. Or make sure you have... Uh,
4: A you mass know. spectrometer?
2: No, no. <laughs> <laughs> Narcan. And, and the, oh, yeah. And the, the Narcan, Narcan. spray. I well, mean, the that's... problem
4: with fentanyl is I imagine if you smoke fentanyl, by the time you're even aware what has happened, it's probably too
2: late. Well, you have, to have, you, have to, you have to have somebody with you. Yeah, definitely. You, know, you, have, you have to have someone with you that will give you the uh, or like Narcan. Or have,
4: have a machine that automatically administers Narcan unless you press the I'm yeah, when, OK button. Yeah, or when you stop breathing.
1: Yeah. I'm Look actually that. kind of
4: surprised.
1: Look at heart rate, man. Oh. 580.
4: Man, down to nothing.
1: 58. I'm actually kind of surprised that that there isn't
4: a thing that you can, like, put on your wrist, and then if it detects your heart rate going too low or something like
1: that, it administers some Narcan. Yeah, but the problem is a guy like, uh, who's that one nut guy on the bicycle? What? Oh, his name again. (laughs)
0: Lance
1: Armstrong. Lance Lance Armstrong. His, i was told by his doctor that his resting heart rate was like 35 well obviously he yeah. couldn't use it yeah <laughs> but he
2: but, but your or your watch and
1: eventually it will be able to do this you know the oh, uh, yeah, the, Apple watch, the Apple
2: watch is designed as a medical device as much as anything and it, as soon as it gets his approval what it would do is it can test how much oxygen in your blood yeah so once and, you stop breathing and there should be an app that test test that and if if it, your, your oxygenation goes below a certain point it
4: administers <clears> narcan I wouldn't be surprised if there already is a medical alert kind of thing. Although, I mean, once you're not breathing, it goes out, the medical alert goes out. How long do you have? You got minutes. maybe Yeah, five minutes, I was going to say. Four or five
2: minutes in your brain. Yeah. Well, two or three minutes, you know, things start to change. You know, yeah, Four or know five minutes, yeah, everything goes to mush.
4: After four minutes, I don't think I'd want to be woken up. I, I've said before, there's worse things than being dead.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: I suppose that is true. Oh, there's just some horrible
2: conditions as a result of, you know, anoxic brain injury.
1: Mm. Indeed. Starbucks locations across the country will close their doors today and have closed their doors this afternoon to train 175,000 employees about racial bias and one of the largest corporate responses to an incident involving racial profiling. The training is part of Starbucks' efforts to overhaul the company's image following the April arrest of two black men at a Philadelphia location. In the incident, a Starbucks manager called the police after the two men declined to make a purchase, explaining that they were waiting for a business associate. The incident sparked protests and hurt Starbucks' reputation. Did it really? I don't know anyone that reacted poorly to Starbucks' reputation. Well, I
4: noticed that they didn't say... They said that it was um, a racial profiling incident. They didn't say alleged racial profiling or anything like that. Yes. They just
1: said... Straight up, it was racial profiling, which it may not have been. It's just you're not a customer; you shouldn't be here. And and what and 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 I, and I think
2: the the smart business thing to have done, in the way the manager should be trained, if someone's there that seems to be offensive for whatever reason, for whatever reason,
1: mm-hmm. they
2: should say, "Hey Norm, let me get you something. Let me get you something. Normally, have you buy something? Let me want you to try our coffee. Maybe yeah, next time you come you back in, you want to buy
1: something. Yep.
2: You know, here, what it's three cents to give them a cup of coffee." It's not very expensive. $0.25, cents, you give them some milk drink? I mean, come on, do something I, for them.
1: I really don't understand why someone would want to do that. I, I really, if I'm going into a store to buy something, I don't really want you in the way if you're not there to make a purchase. I don't want you there either. And it doesn't, I don't care about your race, your skin color, your gender, your orientation. I don't care about any of that. You're just, I'm trying to make a purchase at a store and you're in the way. Right. Now, if you're a customer, you have every right to be there. But now, apparently, anybody can hang out where this is going to bite Starbucks right in the ass. Oh, yes, it is.
2: It is going. Absolutely is, gonna, is. Because people may not say anything because they want, don't want to be labeled racist mm-hmm. or uh, xenophobic or whatever. But what's going to happen is that they're going to have all these homeless. Well, if I was a homeless person, the last thing I would be in Minneapolis would be outside during the day in oh, the wintertime. Yeah, right. I go right into Starbucks, have a seat. Hey, it's kind of nice here. Let me get me some water. I mean, I have a couple. Uh, dollars here. Maybe I'll buy me a coffee, empty the coffee out, fill it with half and half, pound the half and half, all calories. I mean, it just goes on and on and on. And people are just not want to be there. It's going to be an
1: unpleasant place to be. Okay, I'm going to make you really uncomfortable now by reading something here. Oh, God, I some people. The incident sparked protest and hurt Starbucks' reputation, but its pledge to close stores while it trained employees on racial bias is unprecedented, said Heather McGee, President of left-leaning think tank Demos. Gee, where'd you ever come up with Demos? For Democrat? Is that where you came up with it? Demo. Uh, who provided pro bono advice to Starbucks about the training, yet the effort is only a first step in what she said will be a multi-phase process at the coffee chain in, a ta- in tackling a tough problem. This isn't just a Starbucks problem. This is an American problem. Oh yes, you're right, because everybody else around the world is so accepting of people of all races and yeah, genders. Seriously. Give me a break. An American problem. Yeah, they it's think a of, world problem.
4: They think of everywhere else as a utopia where race doesn't matter. But no, it's has f- talk. Talk to someone in Europe about Gypsies. See what they think about them. Yeah, <laughs> wait, don't talk go. about
1: your mom. Yeah, like,
4: sort of, about well,
1: that. well. Yeah, she's not even here to defend herself. Andy, way she's to a, go.
4: There's a lot of. Places in Europe where, yeah, if I told someone I was a quarter Gypsy, they would be like, "Get off my property." Uh, what was the name of that movie?
2: Interesting. A lot of the travelers or the Gypsies were uh, victims of the Holocaust. Yep. Yet, still, the hatred or the distrust know. of the,
1: that group in Europe is continued. Mm-hmm. Hasn't changed. I was trying to remember how many Gypsies were executed during World War II. It was a ton of them. It, it was not two. It was a huge number. It was a huge number, yeah. You're absolutely right. But I, I really wish they'd get over this, oh, this is an American problem. It's a world problem. People from other countries don't like one another. I don't like this. Look, in, in countries, if your nose is a different shape than mine is, I, I'll kill you. Gypsies well, the and Jews and the
4: were the two specific groups they were trying to exterminate. That's correct. Huh. Yeah, yeah, no one ever talks about the gypsies. No,
1: they don't ever talk about the gypsies at all, and, 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 I, and I don't understand why that is. The Roma, because no one likes them. Oh, God, I just could we ever get over this?
2: Well, that's probably why they started coming to America in droves. And, and it's interesting that after the Soviet Union broke up, so many of the countries, so many of the countries split along cultural and religious lines
1: they did absolutely split them up
2: because so that people would have a uniform or unified kind of culture to live with him because that's why people want to live
1: it's one of the biggest problems that lawrence of arabia created and it wasn't just it was england that created the problem of dividing the middle east up into countries putting a border down going no this is where you live now you can't do that
2: particularly when some
1: of those people were so nomadic oh yeah extreme the bedouins were everywhere they were everywhere so I don't know. I, uh, look, uh, until we get over this, this is an American thing, and it's an American problem, and Americans suck, and American white men are horrible. Give me a break. There are horrible people everywhere. <laughs> <laughs> the rest, there's, there's horrible
2: people of all colors. Of all rest colors. Oh,
1: there's no doubt about it. So I don't know. It just When people make statements like that, this is not, uh, this is not a Starbucks problem. It's an American problem. Uh, shut up. Good God.
0: Although I am digging some of the protest signs that I saw on Twitter.
1: I I haven't seen them. Oh, you
0: know, it's too little, too latte. Oh,
1: God, really? They're getting pretty clever. I do like that. (laughs) Uh, Too little, too latte. We
4: (laughs) works for me. Have Craig on the line.
1: Craig. Hey, hey, Rough Rider, what's up? Hey, let me just tell you something. You're not just a Craig problem. You're an American problem.
0: Uh, well, listen. I'm going to ask you a question, and I have to be careful because I don't want to end up as a page, as an article on city pages. So,
1: yeah, you better be careful, man, because we might joke around and really offend some people.
0: <laughs> Before you know it, you're the cover story as I
1: eat pizza, Pete
0: pizza Um <laughs>
1: Exactly. That's exactly it. So, what's happening? Hey, uh,
0: listen, uh, superstar. Uh, Jordan Peterson is coming into town. In July. Are you going to interview him?
1: Jordan Peterson. Now, who's Jordan Peterson?
0: Oh, man, don't tell me you don't know about Jordan Peterson.
1: No, I've heard the name. Who is Jordan Peterson?
0: Jordan Peterson is a professor from Canada. He just wrote a new
1: book called 12 Steps on How to Live a Happy Life. Oh, yeah, yeah, we had him on, didn't we? Did we have Jordan Peterson on? I don't think so. You don't think so? so. Sounds familiar. Okay, so we... Uh, No, I'm pretty sure we had him on. He's coming into
0: town, and uh, the thing is, is that uh, the police in Minneapolis are trying to stop him because they don't have enough money for the manpower to stop the protesters for this God. event.
1: Oh, yeah, so, yeah, yeah. Because he's too right-leaning. Is that the problem? Yep.
0: No, he's, he's well, not right-leaning. He's just... Uh, he's. He's really changed in the last couple of months. He's really changed my perspective in that he talks about how if we give up the individual rights for group rights, is that we're no better than Soviet, uh, the Soviet Union or Nazi Germany. I
1: would agree with and that. that we... Wouldn't you?
0: Well, yeah, I completely agree. It's completely, you know, especially with how they've been, how City Pages has been treating you mm-hmm. in the last couple of months.
1: Oh, are they still going after and me? That, I didn't even know it. Nobody else knew it either because nobody reads that piece of crap.
0: Well, yeah, but the thing is is that sometimes like I I, I subscribe to city pages on Facebook and sometimes for the like, oh, concerts yeah. and stuff.
1: Sure, yeah, that makes sense.
0: And you're just like, Oh, really? You know, and then the comment section, how they make you out to be like the biggest bigot in
1: Minneapolis, I know kinda of funny. It's hilarious because uh, again it's sad is what it is. I I don't I, I'm called a homophobe even though I was the first public figure in the United States to come out in favor of gay marriage by the way, but I'm still homophobic somehow. I grew up with people of all races, colors, creeds, the rest of it, and we had a ball and a wonderful time. But I'm also a bigot. I, I these people are such idiots. They're they just well uh, makes no sense. Yeah,
0: at all. so so Jordan Peterson is talking about that. He said that if if we continue going down this route of groupthink versus individual think,
1: mm-hmm. is that
0: we're no that we're no better than uh, than the countries that we're trying to impose democracy on, like Iran, Iraq, and Saudi Arabia. Right. The guy, he's not right-leaning, but uh, listen, I've been, like, especially with how, I don't want to sound racist myself, but how, like, m- males have been treated, no, I agree. like, in the last year. Mm-hmm it just makes me kind of wonder it's like you know uh like okay here's a good example read today's go to city pages facebook page okay
4: Mm -hmm. no thank you
0: the the first thing that pulls up is that um they have like the top 500 uh ceos in minnesota are white males the top there
1: no they're not yeah that does does not sound right it's not right you know what i do have to take a break can you stay with us greg yeah, I'll stick around. Okay, we'll be back in two minutes more from Craig right after this Tom Bernard show. Did you know that about 60% of people over the age of 60 are starting to experience cloudy, blurry, or dim vision due to cataracts? Tom Bernard here for Whiting Clinic LASIK and Eye Care.
0: There's
1: too many of you crying. What a great voice. Brother, brother, brother. There's far too many of you getting shot by your own dad. (laughs) I still can't believe that his own father shot and killed him. Unbelievable. In any case, Craig is with us. Craig is going to... Now, now Jordan Peterson's coming into town when?
0: July. uh, He's coming in. Supposedly it's July... I think the second weekend in July. He's he's trying to find a venue right now. He, nobody in Minneapolis or St. Paul will book him.
4: Really, so, I'm not surprised at so all. So he's
0: trying to. So the this group that's trying to bring him in is can't find a venue. It's just like when I saw Ben Shapiro. uh yeah. When he was at the U of M, is that? I'll, do you have time for a story?
1: Yeah, absolutely, we do.
0: Oh man, talk about talk about something out of a war zone. Um. Walking to the Ben Shapiro talk at the U of M. Oh God! Was was completely. I'm I'm not. I like to, I like to think of myself as a libertarian, you know. Yeah, me too. But the just the protesters that were screaming like the most nastiest stuff to me about how I'm a how I'm a, a neo Nazi. <laughs> and so it's like God.
2: Oh, Craig, one one of the things you can say in that situation, and you you can take the pressure off, just say, oh, yes, I am.
0: No, you just, listen, you're <laughs> completely wrong. No, you need to take wrong.
2: the pressure off. It's, it's unbelievable why they would be so vitriolic about someone who wants to attend this in here, because you may be exactly how they think. Yeah, what if you are some sort of violent you know, neo-Nazi with an
4: Uzi? And they they started yelling you, you.
0: You you were told in the email not to engage with the protesters. Oh, that really? you were not to say a word. Right. And that you were just supposed to work to the walk to the venue.
1: Yeah, it makes sense. You don't, yeah, you don't want to engage people that, that are unreasonable. It's a bad. And that
0: all those people, all those all those protesters, all they were trying to do is to entrap you because they all had like. Can I can I like ask another serious question? Is mm-hmm. how are these. How are these straight-edge punks from Minneapolis so funded that they can afford cameras that I can barely afford? <laughs> and yet every single, true. every single one of those punks looks like they shoot video for a KSTP. They got the videos and the microphones and the, and the high-end cameras, and you're just like, where the hell are you getting this equipment? I can barely afford a Sony A7S III, and these guys are shooting on red cameras.
4: And people like and that, the thing is, is, they tend to have rich dads.
0: Oh man! But the thing is, is that they're trying to, they're trying to get you on camera, right? Doing
1: something so, wrong. So yeah. they
0: can, so they can identify you
4: and edit it and too, then, so you sound bad.
0: And, e- edit it. Well, the thing is, is that in this email, they'll get that they will these people will find where you work, and then send the video clip to <sighs> yep. your employer. Oh, so so, so you really. You really like. I don't want to sound like some sort of right wing here, but I'm telling no. you, it wasn't very fair. And so what Jordan Peterson says, which I'm really, I really like, is that he talks about how um, groupthink is is one of the key components to the destruction of society,
1: mm-hmm. and that
0: instead of saying, instead of saying that there's a male CEO is that you should just refer to the person as a CEO. You should just congratulate them on their hard work, yeah, m- man or woman. Right. And that's what Jordan Peterson talks about. He says that we should stop referring to each other as black, white, man, woman. We should refer to ourselves as a person.
3: Mm-hmm. And
0: that we have the rights to be free, to say anything we want that doesn't incite violence. Right. So what's wrong and with those,
1: that thinking? I don't understand why anyone would disagree with that.
0: I don't know. The thing is that the le- the really far left portray him as some sort of Jew hating. Uh, you know, they that he doesn't acknowledge that hate speech, hate hate speech, and uh, creates violence, and that uh, Black lives don't matter, and
4: not and What Jordan something. Peterson is
0: trying to say, Jordan, what Jordan Peterson is trying to say, he says Black lives don't matter. He's trying to say that all lives matter yeah they don't and like we should that. all we yeah. should treat each other across the board as the way you know we're all treated. I mean, the thing is is that what I, I'm this is kind of a weird road to go down, but if you take a look at the thing at the Star Tribune's piece on mental illness
1: mm-hmm. and
0: how many mental ill people were shot by police, it was a really great five piece article it was it was some of the best writing I've ever read in my whole entire life right and the thing and the thing is is that, that the last piece of the article was about how 78% of all mental illness um, casualties by police were white and that the other was African-American or Hispanic. Mm-hmm. And so you're just kind of like, why do we not talk about that versus we talk about, like we still talk about that one guy with the ambulance. I mean, Castile is a completely different situation, yeah. but I don't know, but the thing is, though, is that what I'm trying to get to, where I really want to call him. You know, to be honest, I was really hoping that Tim Lammers was on so I can yell at him for 15 minutes.
1: Why do you want but to yell I, at him?
0: Oh. Okay, fine. Do got, you got five more minutes? Yep. I was going to yell at him about how um, if Tim's listening, I really want to have this debate. Uh, I've come to this conclusion that it's not the movie's fault anymore, that movies aren't bad it's just that the movie theater, theater experience is bad oh uh, you're right that about that and that we don't treat going to the movies as being something special anymore no, no you're not, not. not at all and that,
1: yeah, it's true
0: and that's why and that's why going to a theater is is complete hell i mean for me i don't know about you no but it is it, you're right and the thing is, is that I think, I think there were some really great movies that didn't really make a lot of money and that they were called failures, mm-hmm. but I just really think that it's not the movie's
1: fault. It's just the movie theater experience is completely mm-hmm. degraded. Which is really too bad because I, I still, I, we just went to a movie on Saturday or, no, Sunday I think it was. We went and saw Deadpool 2, which I really, really enjoyed. Uh, everybody in the theater was very civil. There was nobody on their phone. There was no one talking. It was wonderful. But nine times out of ten, you have to remember, about 25 years ago, I was at the old Hopkins Theater in the old location seeing Mulholland Drive. So that was a but. yeah, that had to be at least 25 years ago, would not it? I don't even know what that is. It's a movie. Well, I gathered that. But there were three young guys. They were probably 19, 20 years old. And they were all standing up in the, in the front row. They were standing up, talking to each other while they were on their phones. So finally, I stood up and said, You three, shut the F up. And they threw me out for dropping the F bomb. They threw me yeah, out of the theater. <laughs>
0: uh, listen, let me tell you this right now is, is that if you watch movies like Cargo on Netflix, mm-hmm. Cargo on Netflix should have been a big theater movie. Okay. It's amazing. And and now I've, I get it, though. I get it why, like, movie theaters hate Netflix so bad yeah. is that we're realizing that movie theaters suck and we really want Netflix.
1: But it's not the movie theaters' fault. It's the people going to the movie theaters that are the problem.
4: Well, I mean, it's also just the march of technology. Yeah, I mean, well, we've got 4K yeah, monitors that people, like... Can afford on a you know average salary now that have better screens than a lot of
2: movies yeah. do. Yeah, yeah that's but the, true. The theaters have to take some of the responsibility. Someone stands up yeah, in the theater, starts right. talking. They say, "Get out of here! Yeah. You're out. You eject, you're ejected from the game. You're uh, out of here." But
4: at home, you don't even have the. Uh, Possibility of that happening. Well, you can pause period. it at you home. You
2: know it's going to go exactly the way you want it to. You can pause it at home. You can take a leak. You can get a nice drink if you want. You can get a great snack, far less expensive. You want fresh popcorn, you make it your, help all the things on hold. Yep. There's a thousand reasons why drive in theaters run out of business, and that's why current movie theaters are going to go out of business. Yeah. And that's why they're trying to make these super seats, the super, uh, you know, all this, uh, this so wonderful experience it, yeah. that's going on. Yeah. yeah, those are a good idea if and they do it right. And they're also starting to do you know, some of the Special venue things where you have the seat that's in a thing that your seat moves, you're getting, you know, it's like it vibrates, it moves, and does all those things. And until they catch up, but they'll never catch up. It's an industry that's dead. Al Roker is with us.
1: Al's on? Yes. I'm going to blame Al for everything. Mr. Roker, how are you? All right, Tom. Wonderful talking to you, sir. All right, Craig, thank you, sir. He's gone. Oh, Craig is gone. Well, thank you anyway, Craig. Al, you're with us. It's says he's with us. Al. Al from Burke. That was a great uh, Arnold Schwarzenegger line. Hmm. Arnold. Uh, well, just let me know when he when he hops on. He's, they're probably holding waiting. He, and he might be yeah, on he a couple might of be minutes early. Hold. He just might be on hold. Uh, we'll read until he pops in. A Florida police canine officer is facing disciplinary action after he posted a disturbing comment on Facebook and a thread about a die-in protest at a supermarket. Information about the protest at Publix where nationally known Parkland student David Hogg and other students outlined 17 bodies in the parking lot was posted on a Coral Springs Parkland Facebook page. Brian Valenti, who has been with Coconut Creek Police Department for about 23 years, wrote, hope some old lady loses control of her car on that lot under a photo of Hogg. Yeah, let's not wish someone dead. It's not a good idea. <laughs> don't don't belittle old people. And don't belittle <laughs> old people just because you're gonna lose control of her car. Well, he is in Florida. That's
4: not something you can ignore. <laughs> well,
1: that's true because yeah. there dead are dead. there are some
4: old people who will lose control of their car. There's no true. way
1: not to have that happen nearby. A screenshot of the comment was sent to Coconut Creek Commissioners and Police Chief Butch Arnell on uh, Saturday night. The Sun Sentinel reports the comment has since been deleted. He feels terrible and is very willing to apologize in person. Rod Skirvin. Oh, God, change your name. Skirvin. Whoa, I think that's Al. You think Al's with us?
3: Hey, Tom.
1: There you are, sir. How are you?
3: I am good. How are you?
1: Doing extremely well. We're just trying to we're trying to sift through all the things today. A lot of big news coming out today about people really doing stupid things. It's, it's, oh
3: my gosh! I, just
1: insane. I to tell you the truth, Al, I just I, I'm i I'm not I've never been a Roseanne fan. I thought the first couple of episodes of the new one was they were pretty funny. Then it was not funny at all, and now of course she's uh, yeah. she's been canceled, unfortunately. I mean, I no, guess unfortunately for her. I don't
3: understand. I, I mean, I'll be honest. I, I have been a fan of hers, and uh, yeah, I just uh, and like you said, I thought the first two episodes were pretty good. Uh, I mean, I kind of almost likened it to uh, uh, All in the Family. You know, and, uh, yeah,
1: yeah. No, I can understand that, absolutely. Al Roker with us, ladies and gentlemen. Ruthless Tide, the heroes and villains of the Johnstown Flood, America's Astonishing Gilded Age Disaster. This is one of the best stories ever. You did a great job.
3: Thank you. That's true. Thank you. I, I also had a lot of help, a, a terrific researcher, a guy named Bill Hoagland, uh, gathered a lot, all this information. Because I could not have. Listen, I, 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 you, you should know what your strengths and your weaknesses are. <laughs> and, uh,
1: yeah, that's true. Uh, I can
3: write, but uh, to be able to do that research, uh, which is really the backbone of the book, uh, and, and my hat's off to him.
1: It, did he really honestly design the dam so he could drive his car across it? That's why he designed it that way? Or yeah. had it designed that way?
3: <laughs> yeah, yeah. They thought it would be, they thought the, the members of the club
1: would <laughs> Oh, oh, that. oh so, that's right. The members of the club had to drive had it
3: all, cut off part of the dam, and then, uh, because they wanted to be able to guarantee that they could catch fish, they imported uh, black bass at a dollar a fish. They imported 1,000 fish, but they didn't want those fish to get out the spillway. So let's put a a, a chain-link fence and chains across it so that the water can run through, but the fish can't get out. Well, the only problem was when... They had this torrential rainstorm and, and snowmelt runoff. Uh-huh. That, as all that debris that came downstream from trees, and leaves, and all, it clogged up the um, it clogged up the drain. Uh, and so, now the the, the dam starts rising at a rapid rate. And they, when they rebuilt the dam, they took out the pipes that would allow them to release water so that they could control the level of. So it was it was a, 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 I would use the phrase comedy of errors, but there's nothing funny about
1: it. No, it's absolutely uh, true. That
3: created scenario that, that, and the people downstream told them that you're, you're, this is a disaster, You're courting disaster. And, well, we have engineers and they tell us it's fine and everything's good and we know what we're doing. And, of course, uh, on May 31st, 1889, the dam collapsed and it released 20 million tons of water
1: in about 30 minutes. I mean, the pictures are unbelievable. The pictures are just amazing to look at.
2: Al, Al I grew up, I grew up uh, south of Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania, and my parents insisted that we go there oh, okay. one time, and I was drugged there.
1: My parents uh, took me there as a kid. Actually, can we take a break and yeah. be right back? In, oh, like, super. We'll be back in one minute. Al, that's okay? Sure. We'll, sure. Be, we'll be right back more with Al Roker and Dr. Ralph Basham right after this. Tom Bernard Show. Chris Lindahl's here. Ladies and gentlemen, finally a package that benefits the homeowner and not the realtor.
5: We're giving away a free home staging package. And the reason we're doing this for KQ listeners is because you just have to win that online beauty pageant. In today's world, over 90% of showings are done on the Internet. And so you want to make sure that you stand out. The Chris team has stagers on staff, so we're able to give you free staging packages at no cost to you. So how'd you come up with this idea, Chris? Well, what's happening right now is we're watching homeowners lose tens of thousands of dollars by not having the right architectural photography and the right staging. And so they're losing all of these impressions and these showings online. And we want to do something to make a difference. And one of the number one core values at the Chris team is to be generous and give back. So we're giving free home staging packages to KQ listeners.
1: So, Chris, how do people get in touch with
5: you? Yeah, to take advantage of the free home staging package, you can call seven six three four zero one sold or go to Chrislandall.com. That's Chris with a K. And don't forget to mention, Tom sent you.
1: I remember when my older brother came home from Vietnam and how proud I was to be seen with him in uniform. I'm a huge supporter of our military men and women and always have been. I've also got a soft spot for women and children lincoln said in his second inaugural speech that we should take care of the wounded and care for the widows and orphans that's exactly what the gold star ride foundation does this summer the gold star ride foundation will travel across the country visiting gold star families on an ambitious adventure to help those families and remind them they are not forgotten i made a commitment to help this organization just like western choppers Northlight color and print media minnesota and you should too it's pretty easy to do Just visit www.goldstarride.org and click the Donate button. Many of my listeners already have, and that's great, but let's not forget we're all in this together. www.goldstarride.org. Today's a good day to do it. Be proud of our veterans and their families. Make a contribution today. Oh, really? This is the music Cassie goes with. We are back, ladies and gentlemen. Al Roker, our very special guest. Ruthless Tide, the heroes and villains of the Johnstown Flood America's astonishing. I'll I'm, I'm, I'm,
3: I'm move my head up and down doing a little headbanger type of thing.
1: <laughs> <laughs> That's probably a good look for you. It probably is bobbing that head. Oh,
3: not really.
1: Nah, no, rocking out is not Al, an Al Roker thing to rock out. Well, Roker, rocker, it's close enough. Now, there you go. Very close. Very, very, very close. Uh, Dr. Ralph Basham was with us, so he's talking about growing up in the Pittsburgh area and going to the Johnstown uh, Dam. Yeah, my, my parents took me to the to the dam.
2: Uh, it not, it was my, wasn't my idea. Let's put it this way, Al. And uh, I I do remember going, and they said, "Oh, this is a terrible, in, this is a terrible tragedy. Uh, this uh, this is a you know design problem." And they went on and on about this as we we're getting there. And when I do remember getting there, and I said, "Well, how bad could this be?" And you walk up to the edge of this mm-hmm. dam of what's left and you look down and it is gone really so it's, it's like a 100 foot of, of earth and damp gone mm. so it just it was a just a, you can just tell how catastrophic it was uh, when it once it started just just absolutely just gave way Well, 2200
4: deaths uh, in yeah, 1889
3: it came in a way a living entity you know in that it it was just you know devouring everything in its path and, and and you know traveling at sometimes up to 40 50 miles per hour and it might have, you know, mitigated some of itself, burned out some of its energy. It had been about halfway down and hit this stone viaduct. And you know, as it was, as it was going, it was collecting trees, forests, boulders, uh, railroad cars, locomotives. I mean, it was wiping everything out. Yeah. And the viaduct and all the debris kind of acted as a block, and so all this rushing water had a chance to regain its energy. And then eventually, of course, the Viaduct gave way, and it comes shooting out of that, that <clears> uh, almost like a funnel, and just continues to roar down the valley, and destroying everything in its path.
4: I've never quite understood why they make dams like that to hold back that much water.
3: Well, it, look, it, it is usually there. A, they are uh, there. There are other uh, uh, safety precautions. In there. there are loose gates, you know, where you can you can relieve the pressure of the water by mm-hmm. lowering the, the level of of the dam, uh, the water behind the dam. But they had none of that. And as you said, they had cut that. They had cut down uh, the level of the dam so that they could, in fact, drive cars or carriages or horses right. across across the top of it. Uh, you know, it was just a uh, it was just a, a combination of really bad choices that that led to this.
1: No, there's no question about it. Al, is it uh, to do the research for, for this? That's got to be rather painful, I would imagine, going through all of those uh, records and all of the stories. And how long did it take you to write the book?
3: It took a, once I, I gathered, gotten all the, the the research. It took about six or seven months, <laughs> and then another month or two to you know you get you send it to your editor, and they kind of come with notes, and then you go back and you finish it up. Um, and uh, you're, you're, you know, when you're, you're kind of haunted by it, you know, you're yeah. sitting there and you're writing and you're reading and, and you just try to imagine, it. especially you know, in this day and age, we're so used to, you know, video or used to uh, uh, you know, Instagram, all these things. For these folks, it was the, the only real way they had to find out about it was by telegraph. And even then they didn't. The, uh, uh, the the danger, it didn't convey the, the, the looming catastrophe that was coming. Mm. So when this hit, it hit almost un, un, you know, sight unseen. Nobody had an idea. Most of the people had no idea it was coming, as opposed to today when we're, we've got a hurricane coming or a, a, a tornado or something like that. That's all we know. We, we have a, a fairly decent idea that something's on its way.
4: Well, here's something. Uh, if people were informed, they might have known it was happening. One, uh, they the dam sprang a lot of leaks, so they patched it with mud and straw. Oh, good. You know, the mud t- tends to do, uh, hold water pretty well, right? <laughs> yeah. And then yeah. uh, one of the previous owners uh, sold three discharge pipes uh, for scrap money, Uh replacing that with nothing, so there was no uh, controlled discharge ab- uh, available. Mm-hmm. So, I mean...
3: Yeah, and, and the, the new owners, the guys who rebuilt it, could have put... In fact, the, the folks you know in, in town, this guy Tom Morell said, what are you doing? Why, why aren't you putting those pipes back? Mm-hmm. And they said, well, we don't need them. We don't need them. And then, you know, you're talking about guys like... You know, it was a, a group of about 60 members of this club, including Mellon and Carnegie and right. Rick. Right. Names uh, that you see on buildings and you know, public uh, libraries and museums all across the country and the world. But, uh, you know, they, they, they weren't taking care of uh, the, the very people who made their fortunes for them.
1: Now, uh, the town was already there before, before the dam was built, is that correct? Yes. Okay, yeah. and so oh, yeah. it was just a raging river going through it, the town? It, is that what it was?
3: Well, there was always there was always uh, flooding in the area right, because right. of the Connemouth River and some of its tributaries. Uh, people were used to taking their carpets up, their rugs up, taking their furniture up to the second floor. Uh, in fact, even that day, there was some flooding going on. They could hear the rivers raging, uh, and, and kids were playing in the water in the streets. And it was uh, kind of almost a festive atmosphere.
1: So they just were used to it, and they just thought, well, this is not that big a deal. We've been through this before. Yeah. We'll get through it again. And, and, then, and hmm. there
3: was a, a young man named John Park, who was uh, one of the caretakers, yeah. who you know, they finally decided, we've got to let people know. And you know, telephones were just coming into, into vogue then. But there was nobody up at the club to be able to open up to use the phone. So uh, the phone line wasn't turned on. So he had, this kid had to ride like crazy in, in horrific weather. Get to, the, uh, get to a town that had a telegraph office and send a message down, down valley, and it basically said that, hey, this dam is going to collapse, and you better get ready, and they posted it up on the bulletin board there in town, uh, and for those who even saw it, didn't quite believe it. They didn't know who sent it. They didn't know if it was a joke or a prank, uh-huh. and so folks didn't really take any precautions.
1: Hmm. And how deep was the water at at its, at its deepest, going through the town?
3: Uh, you know, in some places it was thirty feet deep, forty feet oh, deep, uh, and you know because it was just devouring everything in its path, taking out factories. It took out a barbed wire factory, so oh, there were oh. literally miles of barbed wire. Oh man! Uh, man, it was taking out. Yeah, yeah. It was, it was razor sharp wire. It was taking out. It was taking out uh, steel factories so there is literally molten ore in in the water oh, and chemicals God. and then those combust and now it catches the water catches fire oh, so God. people who serve time uh, uh, the, the raging waters now had to worry about not getting burned to death
4: oh yeah molten it was steel literally little- it's so hot that even yeah. being dumped into a river isn't it's going to take a long time for it to cool down. Yes. Hawaii. Right. Yeah, exactly, but, well, yeah, I think uh, molten steel, I mean, the temperature
2: required to melt steel might even be higher. Al, was it, was this uh, a turning point in dam engineering in the world as a result of this well, uh,
3: problem? Well, I tell you what it was what it was a, a turning point in was, was liability law. Ah, yeah. And, and the relationship between business and the communities that they were in. Because, uh, like I said, this was there were about 60 members. 35 uh, donated a minimal amount of money to a relief effort. When people tried to sue them, because of the, the existing laws, one person one person got a judgment of about $500 and, and was never able to collect. Oh, God. And so, there's so much outrage across the country. Because you got to remember, this was the first major natural disaster that this young country experienced
1: mm. uh, I mean,
3: you know there were people still who were you know civil war vets who were uh, working in, in Johnstown living and living in Johnstown uh, uh, yeah. so that it, it it really changed those laws it changed environmental conditions and, and I, the other reason why I wrote the book was that it was because just at a time now when our climate is changing we're seeing more Extreme weather. You look at what happened this past weekend in Ellicott City. It's, in two years, they've had two thousand year old floods. Right, right. Two thousand year storms. Yep. Uh, um, you know, we're, we're seeing our oceans warming, which is putting more moisture into the atmosphere, which is changing, overproducing storms. It's changing and producing storms that overproduce in their rainfall. Uh, and just as we're doing that, where there's a rollback of environmental protections of zoning protections of building codes all these things are coming at just the wrong time and, and, and I'm, I'm hoping that people will read this and say hey you know what? what what what's going on with our our laws what's going on with our protections uh, let's not call them regulations or laws let's call them protections mm-hmm. um i, I think uh, well are we going to see 2,200 people killed and by the way still stands as the greatest number of people killed in a flooding incident in, in america Twenty-two hundred. Uh, but but are, are, do we really want to start rolling these things back as we're as we're dealing with a changing environment?
1: Well, you know, Al, because of the heat bubble yesterday in downtown Minneapolis, it was only hundred and six degrees.
3: Oh yeah, please, <laughs> just another spring day in Minneapolis. <laughs> you know,
1: some some Memorial Days in Minneapolis, it's about thirty-five degrees, and then other times it's a hundred. Yeah. It's just really consistent here. You know, it's really, really consistent. But in any but case, I
3: will tell you that there, there are there are very few cities I can think of that are more beautiful than uh, Minneapolis-St.
1: Paul. You've always I, been very kind
3: uh, about I, that. You know, I got to go to the spring, uh, the uh, uh, state fair this year. It yeah. is. I, I like to bike to work. I'm a big uh, bicycle. Yep. And, Love you know, it. You know, you've got one of the most bikeable cities, uh, Twin Cities in America.
2: Out. How- you also went to Belcor, Belcourt. Gavin Kaysen's restaurant. I did, I went
3: to Belcor and I went to uh, Spoon and
2: Stable. Well you have to you might want to consider coming in June because they will have white strawberries.
3: Ooh. Yeah, it was, it was another little six degrees. My uh, daughter, the chef, worked for Gavin Kaysen. Uh, it was her 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 one of her first jobs. Wow. He mentored her. Dear,
1: dear man, that is a wonderful. He, he thing. He is,
2: but the white strawberries come from my garden. One of the only places in the world you'll see. Oh, them. do they really? Yeah, come and jo- I'm telling wow. you, mm. it'd be you. worth That's... the trip.
3: Wow. Well, you know, listen, the white strawberries may be on top
2: of that flourless chocolate cookie he makes. <laughs> That's right, or on <laughs> or on vanilla ice cream with a with, with a little pour of sauterne <sighs> is one of the best things. You're you welcome. Yeah. I tell you what, you can come to my garden.
1: I'll let you pick them.
3: All right, it, it's a date. Okay,
1: so Al Roker, "Ruthless Tide," the heroes right. and villains of Johnstown flood America's astonishing Gilded Age disaster. Al, it's always a great pleasure talking to you, sir. Thank you.
3: Okay, hey guys, thank you so much. Have a great summer.
1: You as well, Al Roker. We got he was on for about twenty some minutes. Mm-hmm. So pretty good. And Al, I R- looked at. Uh... A
4: list of the deadliest floods. Mm-hmm. It was not fun to be Chinese in 1930s. Well, that's for not. sure. Uh, 1931, they had a flood that killed about two million people. Whoa! It flooded an area the size of England. <laughs> oh, then in 1935, another 145,000 died in a flood. Then Almost in 38, another 600,000 died. God. Then in 39, another 20,000 died. <laughs>
2: So, so, yeah. So I I guess engineering in dams didn't change much. No, 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 it did not.
4: Although, yeah, if you look at the um, deadliest floods in history, um, there aren't very many uh, in the modern day. Most, you barely ever see it breach 2,000, whereas beforehand, regularly, I mean, 100,000 was not uncommon. Man that is unbelievable yeah dams just don't make sense to me the th- leave the water where it is
1: <laughs> well there is that except for electricity and well, once it breaks you can't stop it you cannot so that's true yeah at
4: okay. the very best just have everyone living in an rv so they can drive away <laughs>
1: <laughs> it's the in all the, mobile homes in yeah. the
2: flood zone yeah stay away from flood zones Like just what don't don't build your house where the lava flows
1: I wouldn't do that. Oh, yeah. I looked yeah. it
4: up, and uh, yes, molten steel is significantly hotter than lava. So Really?
1: Oh, yeah. Isn't lava like t- 2,000 degrees? Oh, t- t-
2: no, no. it depends on the lava. It depends on how hot it well, is. Yeah. The liquid lava is pretty hot. Average
4: lava versus average steel, uh, steel is going to be about 500 degrees hotter. Oh,
1: my God. And I mean,
4: I've, I've handled molten metal, and its uh, you can be 20 feet away, and you're still like... It's really uh, you hot. Get, you can get burned. <laughs> yeah.
2: They. Yeah. It's. It has such a high specific heat, and that when when it it'll it'll burn you so bad. You know, there's nothing worse
4: than. Oh, that. Oh, if you get oh. molten metal on you, oh. no.
2: you. Yeah. Don't be such babies. Yeah, it sticks to you because it, it <laughs> hits you, and it, then it cools
1: down you, a little. Oh, wait bit. a second.
2: You're talking to an iron worker. A
1: former iron worker. Yeah, yeah. Who, what did you weld? Yeah. yeah. That's why I have a burn hole in my right eye because I welded. They didn't give me a. They didn't even give me a a, a helmet. Too expensive. <laughs> All right, we got to wrap it up. We will talk to you tomorrow, though. Thanks for listening, Tom Bernard Show.